podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the number one seed in the NFC, 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? Booyah! Good morning. Good morning indeed, because, as you said, Niners are at the top. At the top, and that is what is so fun to see. So I'm excited, uh... To talk about it. The road to the Super Bowl runs through San Francisco for now. When was, uh, do you know off the top of your head, the last time the Niners were the number one seed? We were the one seed on the 2019 Super Bowl run. That's what I figured. And then I, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you couldn't tell me in this, understandably so. That's why I'm framing it this way. Could you tell me the last time the Niners were the number one seed before 19, uh, before 2019? No, because they weren't the one seed, the Harbaugh Super Bowl run. We were a wild card team, I think. It's been a while. So I, yeah, it, it's got to be like in the '90s, one of the Steve Young years, right? That's my assumption, unless we're forgetting some part of our history. So, pretty stinking cool where we're at. No, it is. It is fantastic. I, I told you, listeners, that we're gonna have to bite our tongues and root for Dallas, and we. Uh, and I think that that worked out well for us. 49ers kicked the butts of Dallas and Philadelphia, and now Dallas has kicked Philadelphia's butt. So I don't know. That worked for us. But the big thing is the 49ers are the one seed, and if they win out, they stay the one seed. So we control our own destiny. The bye in the playoffs is on the table for this team. So, yeah, win out, get the one seed, and have a week off. That's got to be so nice. For these players, I bet these guys absolutely love that, that it's that it's truly up to them. And what we mean by win out, if if that didn't make sense, is if they win every game the rest of the season, they keep the one seed. They're not going to be, yeah. hey, we win every game, but now we're waiting after our game to watch this other game. And depending on who wins or by how much, it's it's a very nice place to be. They get to just play their game focus on them and and go out there and win each game and so that is i believe we also clinched the nfc west and a playoff berth this this week with a win so we could lose out and still make the playoffs but we definitely clinched the playoff win win and you get that one seed oh yeah we definitely so we clinched the playoffs and so we have not fully clinched the division we are 10 and 3 the rams are actually above the seahawks uh, they're both six and seven, um, but the Rams are four and one in division games, and the Seahawks are one and four. So, we will be winning the division, uh, but we have not truly clinched the division just yet. We have clinched a playoff berth, and the Niners are the only team currently to have clinched a playoff run. Yeah, so good, good for the Forty ers That one seed is. 
huge. The vast majority of teams that win the Super Bowl have that first round bye, so locking that up is going to be going to be big for our our guys in red and gold. So, congrats to the 49ers in a big win against Seattle on Sunday. Yeah. So, with that in mind, let's uh, let's kind of dive into what jumped out to us about that game, and then we can uh, preview the 49ers next game and. Honestly, we'll probably talk more about the 49ers next next game because Daniel and I are both so excited about it. Yep. And we're worried that maybe the team feels the same way. So <laughs> let's jump on in. Daniel, anything from the matchup against Seattle that particularly concerned you, excited you, you want to talk about? What do we got? Uh, the thing that certainly most excited me is that this was a classic 49ers game, at least the team this season. This is a classic game for them in the sense of everybody got fed where Christian McCaffrey had 16 rushing attempts, a smaller amount because sometimes he runs a lot, for 145 yards. Yes, his opening play, his 72-yard long run, absolutely made that average go up. But that's an average of 9.1 yards per attempt. That's insane. Um I love that Jordan Mason got a touchdown, but I'm kind of bummed because McCaffrey didn't get one. So the streak reimagined ends again. Um, but I do love to see Jordan Mason get a few carries and get in there. Elijah Mitchell, I believe, was out or just d- didn't play at all. Um, Debo Samuel, seven receptions, 149 yards, touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, six receptions, 126 yards. George Kittle, Three receptions, 76 yards, touchdown. So a lot, I mean, our big four, this four-headed offensive weapon monster, three of them got in the end zone, and, uh, sorry, just two of them got in the end zone, and then everybody got good yardage, if not also a touchdown. And then Brock Purdy, quarterback rating, 122, fire. So just a classic game from this offense that we've seen so far. Uh, Timmy, what, what were some specific thoughts that you had on this offense, whether it's something that worried you or something to celebrate here? Yeah, I mean, the 49ers, the 49ers hummed, as always, the offense run. I, I think concerns me. I was a little worried. I, I think the game was closer than I would have wanted it to be, especially in the beginning. 49ers trailed coming out of the first quarter. I, I, I do not like how close this was. This Similarly to that Thanksgiving game, the final score, which was also against Seattle, that's why I mention it, that final score doesn't really call out that this felt close, and I, I don't love that. I preferred the Eagles game where the 49ers controlled it for the vast, vast majority of the time, but that's that's okay. Uh, Debo was Debo. He continues to prove that he is just, he is Debo. There is not a comparable player in the NFL to what Debo Samuel can do, and that was, that was really, really fun. Um, personal highlight on offense was the fake punt that never was. Ronnie Bell messed that up for us. I don't know, Daniel. Uh, Mish Wisnowski. Did you know this was not called? It was not a called fake punt. He just saw there was nobody lined up on the edge to the right and took off and ran for, for 30 yards. An awesome, awesome play. And then Jair Brown, or not Jair Brown, sorry, Ronnie Bell, different 49er rookie, was called back for an illegal block. He just slipped and tripped up the opposing player, and it was an, an illegal block, but a bummer. And then, of course, uh, 
the opposing team was flagged for a, an, a late hit on Wisnowski, which led to a late hit and the penalties offset. Interestingly, I kind of think if there hadn't been the late hit, the 49ers still would have gotten the first down there because he was so far past the line of scrimmage, the 15 yards for Bell's block still would have made it a first down. But yeah, I know I've just rambled so much about a play that didn't exist, but it was just so much fun. <laughs> Did it, it was an exciting play. It was. I mean, as you said, it wasn't a drawn-up play in that regard, and so that just shows the uh, the vision and the brains that Mitch Wisnowski has to make those things happen on the fly. Um, he's done those so well when they're scripted, but, I mean, good work for him for making that happen on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. A big, big win for for our guy Mitch. Super fun just to see that that's even in the cards to just take off and run like that. I I loved it, and I want to see that. I want to see more and more of that every year. So, just super fun. Just a, a fun little highlight. Uh, kind of an interesting one. I'm just I'm I'm reminding myself with the scoring summary. I forgot that Jake Moody had a touch. Or not Jake Moody. Jordan Mason had a touchdown in this game. Good for him. So that's always fun. See somebody besides CMC getting into the end zone out of the running back room. Yeah. I, mainly because that just means we're doing the right thing and resting CMC a little, which I enjoy. I'm with that, but it came like the the dude, Chris McCaffrey, had the opening play 72 yards, and then you're going to take the touchdown away from him? That I, Fantasy owners everywhere were furious. I still won my matchup with him. I'm not worried, but it's more of like a – respect thing but I also think that maybe I wouldn't be maybe I wouldn't do well on the Niners as a player because I'm selfish like that but I know Brock has talked about this especially Chris McCaffrey's talked about this hey you don't go out there and ask for the ball you you pretty much you go out there and block and do your part and you want everybody else to get the ball and then you get the ball like they've they've talked about this where this is a very different um culture around this offense and we see guys, uh, I mean, Chase Claypool is the biggest example. Deontay Johnson on the, on the Steelers right now. These guys are having what I would say are some attitude problems of getting, there's one thing being frustrated with your team and one thing frustrated that you're not getting the ball enough. And uh, it certainly looks to me like some of these guys are just frustrated they're not getting the ball. And I just don't think there's any of that on the Niners. And I think anybody on the there Niners not. will tell you there is no place for that. This is an incredibly unselfish team, and I, I you really want to see that, Daniel. It's in the it's in the wide receiver blocking. Like every wide receiver on the 49ers is one of the best receivers in the NFL at blocking. And part of that is just because they are willing to block time and time again. Although, did you see Debo's quote about his long passing touchdown? Yeah. He said he's like, I originally I wasn't getting the ball so I wasn't running very fast and then I realized Brock might throw it to me and I started running faster it's like that's the kind of thing you don't want from your wide receivers but it's a little bit like hey uh you're Debo Samuel so you can kind of just do what you want yeah I I it was kind of one of those things where I'm like man we talk I was talking about this culture thing right now and then Debo goes out and says something like that I'm like well maybe my maybe my it, point is misproven. but everyone <laughs> Everyone else, it's great to see, and Debo's included in this too, how unselfish and willing to block the wide receivers are, which is unusual for, for a team like this. But yeah, I just like to call out. It's like, none of that. It's like, but you, I want my wide receivers. I want that a little bit for my wide receivers, and so I'm, I'm fine with Debo having that, especially when he's 
as good as he is. Yeah. So pretty, I mean, as I said at the beginning, pretty classic game for the offense, I would say. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, Nick Bosa, one and a half sacks. Love to see that. Uh, got some other guys getting involved as well. Um, we'll kind of get to the injuries as we head on to the next game uh, against the Cardinals, but we'll just uh, throw out some defensive stats here. Fred Warner, eight total tackles for solo, an interception, and a pass deflection. Nick Bosa also getting a pass deflection and one and a half sacks, as I said, four solo tackles. That's a good amount of tackles for the the man on the edge. Jair Brown coming into his own again, six total tackles, five solo, an interception, and pass deflection. Um, And so we got to see a little bit more of Javon Kinlaw helping in on one of those sacks, getting half of one. Um, Yeah, Javon played a great game. He's been having to fill in a little bit with Eric Armstead dealing with an injury. I think it's a... Is it a foot injury? And so it's been it's been great to see Kinlaw step up. Also been great to see Kalia Davis, who I think just played his second game after he was drafted, not in this year's draft, but the draft before, had torn his ACL at the end of his final college season at, I want to say, UC Davis. And I don't think I'm just saying that because his last name is Davis. And... <laughs> Uh, good to see Kalia Davis out there playing really well too. Just a cool story. A guy who's been has not made the 49ers game day roster for a long time, but he he was out there this week. But Javon Kinlaw filling in for Eric Armstead is just phenomenal news for this 49ers team. Yeah, and we're gonna see more of that as well. Um, because Javon Hargrave was was has left the game or did leave the game. Um, so we'll look at injuries again. Um. But Randy Gregory getting in there, Oren Burke, some of those guys had one tackle. Kevin Givens getting in there with two. Timmy, I'm a little concerned here with the production from Chase Young. Big acquisition. Okay, tell me more. I don't know exactly what to tell you other than I'm worried because he's not as involved as I would like him to be, and he's not out there as much as I would like him to be. And he didn't get a single tackle. And I'm just like, what is this, man? What are we doing? I want to, I want to see yeah. this guy be a menace. Am I, are my expectations off? Like, what, what, what's your thoughts on the radar of Chase Young right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like everyone's like, Chase Young has been this defining player of the second half of the 49ers season. He has not. He's been fine. He has not been what we wanted. I mean, he was out there for 49% of snaps, but Randy Gregory was out for for 41 and honestly, you might you could probably argue that Gregory had a bigger impact on on the team, which is great. I'm glad Randy Gregory's playing well, but we wanted more than that from from Chase Young when we when we put him out there, when we made this big mid-season news. We wanted to see him on the stat sheet. We wanted him to be the defining player on the opposite side of the field from Nick Bosa, and he's been that, but he's really just been another rotational pass catcher. So, I'm with you, Daniel. I don't know. I like I think the trade was still a good move. I think ultimately Chase Young is going to have a huge impact on this 49ers season and he's still getting acclimated to his new team. But yeah, I've been disappointed. I definitely think the trade is still a phenomenal idea because basically it was a third round rental and if he leaves and signs somewhere else in a big deal, we get that pick back, right? Uh, yeah. But I 
I was hoping that he's going to come in here, tear it up, and I'd really want to sign him next year or uh, extend him for next year. And I'm I'm not feeling that right now. I'm not feeling the desire to extend him. I'm guessing you know maybe we'll we'll sign a cheaper option or we'll just roll with I don't know uh, Randy Gregory's contract, but we'll ro- we'll roll with Randy Gregory, Jake. Uh, Drake Jackson, and then maybe we draft another guy as we normally do. But I wanted to see Chase Young come in here and tear it up and, and me beg and plead to, to have him come back. But it, that's just not what's happening. And so I'm still all for what the Niners front office did because of uh, the rental. I don't like using that word when talking about Chase Young, but that's kind of what it could be. And that would be a great move. So I just want to see more. I would. I want to see – I was really hoping that Chase Young was going to come in here, tear it up, and uh, kind of light a fire under Bosa where it's like, okay, two, two good buddies competing for who's going to get the sack first. And Bosa certainly has turned it around, and maybe part of that is due to having Chase Young there. But he's, he's getting there every time before Chase Young. <laughs> so I think I want to see Chase Young beat Nick Bosa there. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree. I don't think Chase Young has had the impact we expected him to, and that's okay. That happens, but it's it's not what we wanted, and so I think it's very fair that we are both a little a little disappointed by that. Uh, any other thoughts? Should we do injury update or? I mean, uh, I mean, I think we got to chat a little bit about DK Metcalf throwing hands with our man Fred Warner. Yeah, and then Lenore getting ejected and the Niners having players get ejected two games in a row. Not great. Um, I don't know. DK started it. I'm not that mad at Lenore for trying to protect his teammates. It happens. No, I- I'm um, with you. I'm much more annoyed with DK for just that you shouldn't throw hands like that. Come on. If – uh. If any listeners didn't see the the play, the video, it was uh, it was Fred Warner's interception, right? He catches the ball. DK goes to tackle him and, and kind of slams him a little bit. Um, he gets up. Fred gets up and goes and pushes DK. And then DK gets up in Fred's face, grabs his face mask, pulls his face in close, and Fred puts his arms out wide like, hey, you know, we kind of you slammed me. I pushed you. We're good. We did our we did our thing, and DK's holding his face mask for quite quite a bit, and then throws him off, and then the Niners collect or the both teams collect, and there is a a scuffle there, and I don't really remember what Lenore did to get ejected. I think he just came into the pile, but I, do you remember why he got ejected more specifically? Um. Why Lenore was ejected? Yeah, I can't really remember what. I think he, I think he came in and shoved DK as he was holding, uh, as he was holding Warner's face mask and stuff. He came in and threw him off DK. Okay. Or threw him off uh, Warner. Okay. Yeah. So he he put himself in the he put himself in the conversation, which you you never want to do if you can avoid it. Yeah, and you can obviously see that no. sometimes you get penalized for throwing your hat into the ring, if you will. Yeah. No, I agree. It's no no fun there. But I'm I'm more upset with just like DK Metcalf, come on. Also, what a fun interception return. Seriously. Fred being like, let's keep this going. And Greenlaw putting in so much effort to go an extra like ten yards. Yeah. I 
It really was. But let me put it this way, Daniel. The the Warner to Greenlaw lateral walked so the Kelsey to Tony lateral could run on Sunday. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I, do I worked too. hard on that. Uh, I worked hard on that. I like that. Um, yeah. Did you see uh, – I don't remember where I saw it, and I don't know why it's not more popular right now. But did you see a video of the Niners' sideline while Dre was running? Uh, no, but I can only assume it was, it was gold. utter chaos. It was gold. Right? I mean, Kyle and everybody else was running down the field. They're like, get down. Sit down. Because <laughs> Dre is trying to drag this thing out so long. And everyone is like, no, stop, stop. What are you doing? Uh, and it, it was just killing me. I loved it. That's so fun. I mean, I love what he was doing. Trying to no, that was. Uh, there, I'm but. with you. That was, that was a fun play. And I want the 49ers kind of playing like that, right? That kind of stuff is fun. Like I want them chippy. I want them physical. The fight's a bummer, but it uh, it happens. And it, we didn't start it, but I I'd say our guys finished it, and that's that's what I want, right? Hey man, we sure didn't. We didn't start the fire, but it's just always been burning. We we should yeah. We didn't start the fire, um, but. I think we do need to spend a few minutes. Brock Purdy continues to establish himself, I think, as a front-running MVP candidate. I'm, I, I think it's hard for people to correctly view him, and that is true. Do you assign credit to the really, really good receivers on the team? Do you assign credit to the really, really good coach on the team? Or do you assign credit to the, to the quarterback who's playing really, really, really well? The answer is obviously all three, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo never had MVP like numbers the way that Brock Purdy did. And, and he pretty much had everything that Purdy has. I mean, he had a solid amount of games with McCaffrey last year. I, I, I think it's hard to assign credit, but Purdy definitely deserves a chunk. And it's hard to see a guy putting up a statistical season that the only other guys who have had anything close to it are 2004 Peyton Manning, 2011 Aaron Rodgers, and not be a legitimate MVP candidate. And Purdy definitely is. And I do want to say, Daniel, I saw, and all credit to Danny Heifetz at The Ringer for writing about this this week, but he broke down NFL statistics. You're familiar with EPA, expected points added? Am I? Yes. Are most, yeah. most fans? No. Yeah, so EPA is a, a stat, expected points added. Basically, guys have tracked based on like where you are on the field, where you get to, how many expected points have you added to your team's total based on that play. Now, normally you hear this stat talked about as EPA per play. You look at how many points is Brock Purdy adding to the 49ers every play. Spoiler alert, he's leading the league in it, Spoiler I believe. Spoiler alert. By a wide margin. But what Danny Heifetz did was he broke down EPA per pay, where he looked at how much team, how much is the team play, paying a player for the expected points they're adding, and this is where it's like, oh, Brock Purdy is the is the best quarterback in the league, is the most valuable player in the league, and it's not even close. If you look at this metric, obviously cost doesn't really factor in the MVP award, but Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott are like the two next closest in EPA per pay. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are playing Mahomes $1.5 million per expected point. The Cowboys are playing Dak, I think it was like six hundred grand, something like that, per expected point. How much money, Daniel, do you think the 49ers are paying Brock Purdy per expected point added? I don't know, like $50,000 or something. Daniel, I, I'm pulling up the exact statistic, but it's about five grand. It's a little more than $5,000 that the 49ers zeros. are paying are paying Brock Purdy. 
That's unreal. for ex- every expected point. So I'm pulling up the numbers right here because it's so it's so funny. And this is what shows you like how lucky the 49ers are. The team cannot even renegotiate his contract, not even this season, next season. So Mahomes is paying the Cow- the, the Chiefs are paying Mahomes uh, just under half a million dollars for extra point each point added. Ravens are paying Lamar $1.5 million for each point added. Good. Cowboys are paying Dak Prescott $219,000 per expected point added. Brock Purdy, $5,886.30. So, obviously, Purdy's paying incredible. But he also brings a huge value to the team that they're paying him so little for what he's added comparably that allows the team to add guys like... Dak, not Dak Prescott, like Debo Samuel, like Brandon Ayuk, like George Kittle, and keep them. It's just, it's crazy what Purdy is doing. But I, I do think if he has another big game, if Prescott has a not great game, the 49ers beat the Ravens in a couple weeks. I, I think this, the that Brock Purdy could and probably should be the NFL MVP. So we'll just, we'll see what happens. I mean, we we all know my thoughts on this. That I, I think he's there. And I saw reports this week that uh, Kyle Shanahan does not want to name an MVP, whether he said Purdy and uh, CMC are both deserving. And they are. So I fully agree with that. They really are. Yeah. Hey, let's get into, let me go over some injuries real quick before we preview the Cardinals game on Sunday, because we've got a lot right now. So today is December, what is it, 14th? Um, as of, December 14th, yep. As of the 12th. So Tuesday as practices get get started, Eric Armstead, Spencer Burford, who's been out, well, both of them have been, and Rust Welly all have the questionable tag. So they're all up in the air. Um, but now joining the injury list is Elijah Mitchell um, is dealing with, believe it or not, a knee injury, and he was limited at practice yesterday. Dre Greenlaw is dealing with both a hurt ankle and hip, and he did not practice Wednesday. So seeing Elijah Mitchell limited is actually uh, somewhat encouraging. Traverius Ward, groin injury, and he left the game on Sunday. Did he correct? Yeah, he, he did, and he, he did not return. And he did not That one is obviously yesterday. really concerning to me. Ward is having a phenomenal season. Ambry Thomas, obviously, is is playing incredible. It's been great, the season Ambry Thomas has had. So I'm not actually worried if a Ward injury gets Ambry Thomas on the field more. What I'm worried about is if Ward is out, Lenore's going to go back outside. That's going to get Isaiah Oliver back into the nickel spot, and he is not. he was not very good at the beginning, and there's a reason Ambry Thomas started playing on the outside so that Lenore could move in. So that is something to be concerned about. Um, the 49ers do have a new cornerback on the practice squad. Jason Verrett has returned. Wow. He's recovering from, I think, his second Achilles tear in his career. But this is a guy who is beloved in the 49ers locker room and has been really, really good at the times he's been healthy. So I'm glad he's there. And, and who knows? Maybe he's got one last little run in him. But hopefully Traverius Ward is back Uh we just we we want him out there the way he's been playing and and even though the the secondary Jair Brown has filled in so well from Talanoa Hufunga's season-ending injury, you can only have so many serious injuries in the secondary before it starts to add up. So we just we don't want to worry about that, you know. Totally. So uh, one more for you is Javon Hargrave hamstring injury did not practice Wednesday. So very important to see who practices today on Thursday. 
Um, part of me wants to say Kyle Shanahan was talking about Eric Armstead being back for Sunday. Um, Javon Kinlaw is up in the air. And again, uh, we kind of talked about this being a trap game where Cardinals, not a very good team, feel like we don't have to worry about them at all. We don't always do great against Kyler Murray. I know that was kind of more when he was really good and the Cardinals had a much better team. They're not great right now, so maybe we do rest up some of these stars uh, for Christmas game against the Ravens and for down the stretch to the playoffs. And so I'm I'm absolutely okay if this is more of a B-team game. I think I would be okay if the Niners rested all of these guys, Hargrave, Armstead, Ward, and Greenlaw, and it was B-team backup time on defense, and we could really see, one, how they faced a challenge like this, but also got got some more time throughout the whole game. So um, that would be cool. I mean, Timmy, do you got any thoughts on injuries and heading into a, what doesn't seem to be a competitive game but also can't overlook it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm worried about this game because like we talked about, the 49ers need to win. The, and the Cardinals, I feel like, have historically just kind of given the 49ers a surprising challenge at times, right? In the past couple seasons, Kyler Murray is back. This team is playing better and better every week. Kyle Shanahan said this week, he's like, I think it seems similar to my first year here where we started really slow and then peeled off six straight wins and kind of is. Get a new quarterback midway through the season. Things start coming together. I, I just, Jonathan Gannon is, is clearly a a pretty good head coach. He, he must have taken the bus to work, but you just see these things and you, you worry a little bit. And I was worried that the Seattle game might be a trap game as well, but I think there's enough bad blood between those teams to get the 49ers fired up. But I mean, I'm looking to next week against the Ravens already. I'm circling that on my calendar as something I'm really, really excited for. And so I just, I don't want the team to be looking ahead and, and let this one fall. The, the, the 49ers need to come out and they need to take care of business because we want that one seed. We have that one seed. We earned that one seed. So let's get out there and let's keep it. So I think the team will take care of business, but like if there's a trap game on this schedule, it's this Sunday. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I'm I worried. I don't know. Are, are yeah. I I would agree that this if there is a trap game, and again, I don't I don't remember if we've described what that is. A trap game is a game where a team as good as the Niners comes in and and they forget that they're playing an NFL team, and they go, oh well, we don't have to worry about this one, and then. They're caught sitting on their heels, and they're down by two touchdowns because they think they've already got it in the back. So that is what we mean by that. Um, I'm worried about it because for I would really like to see a lot of these guys get rest and get healthy before a very important game on Christmas Day. Um, we talked about winning out. If we were to win every game this season, we would remain the one seed, and this Ravens game is the last true challenge. I mean – there's yeah, and I mean the Ravens are the one seed in the AFC. They're the team having to beat an incredible right season. Lamar's an MVP candidate. Like the Ravens are incredible. So I mean, this is a battle of the one seeds on Christmas. Like what a Christmas gift from the NFL. Yeah, but seriously. Well, that's a game we need to win. But so is this Sunday. It's quite literally. And it's really important that the 49ers remember remember that. And I don't know. I mean, trap games happen. So I just. I'm sure this is the talk going on in the 49ers meeting rooms this week yeah. is, hey, we cannot lose this one. But, yeah, we, we cannot lose this one. The, su- you know? the Super Bowl could be coming early on Christmas because, I mean, that's the two one seeds in both the AFC and the NFC playing each other. And so that that is huge. Um, 
But that's also our last true big challenge before uh, finishing out the season for playoffs. So just making sure that guys stay healthy. Um, But, Timmy, let's do a little exercise with the Arizona Cardinals game. I'm going to ask you some some to name some players on the Cardinals because okay. I don't I'm ready. I don't ready. know how how many people can truly do this. Um so I want to see if you can tell me uh three wide receivers currently on the Arizona oh. Cardinals. Easy, easy. Marquise Hollywood Brown and then you got Rondale Moore and then you got Greg Dorch. Ah, uh, great. And Michael Wilson. Okay, I was going to say, Michael Wilson is technically listed as the number two wide receiver on their depth chart, and Greg Dortch was a Dude, good one. Michael Wilson is good. I got him on two dynasty teams. Okay, how many of the Cardinals' running backs can you name? James Conner and Amari DiMarcado. And I think Damian Williams at one point was on the team, but I can't remember what. At one point, you're correct. Uh, did you know that yeah. former Jets running back Michael Carter is their third running back? You know, as you say that, it sounds familiar. Did you know that their fourth running back, who's currently on on injured reserve, is Marlon Mack? No, that I did not know. <laughs> no one knew Return that. Turn of the Mack. Yeah, and then uh, I will say, I mean, so James Conner ran all over his former team last week, two touchdowns, over 100 yards against the Steelers. James Conner's good, man. He won't, Oh, hey, actually, some, uh, this makes me sad again. I was going to say, something to remember, the last time we played the Cardinals earlier this year... Talanoa Hufunga and James Conner got into it. And if we remember, listeners, if you saw that video, it looked like James Conner was trying to put his finger in uh, in Talanoa Hufunga's mouth. And it was just a very weird thing. I don't know what James Conner was trying to prove here, but it was very odd. And so maybe maybe there is some beef in this game. I don't know. Um, If I'm Fred Warner, I'm I'm trying to take James Conner out pretty hard for that. Um. Now, moving to the defense. Timmy, this is no disrespect to you. I don't think you can name more than two players on this defense because I barely recognize more than two, and I certainly... I'm not sure I can name one, but I'm willing to try. Um, I'll tell you what. You know three, I bet. I just don't think you're going to be able to think of this third one, but let's give it a try. How many Cardinals okay. defensive players can you name? Is Buda Baker still there? He sure is. Okay, that's one. Um, no, the Honey Badger. Honey Badger's not there anymore, is he? No. Uh, he hasn't been there for like a decade, has he? I don't, are you talking Tyron Matthew? Yeah. Did he ever play for the Cardinals? I think so. I think he was on the Cardinals like first, wasn't he? I think wasn't he, no, team? no, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's just been a while. He's been on different teams since, yeah. and I, I forgot the roots. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, defenders. He's currently on the Saints, I believe. They don't have J.J. Watt anymore. He was on the D-line for a bit. Um, The guy, the linebacker, Isaiah Simmons isn't there anymore, he right? He is not. He's on the Giants. He was traded there for a seventh-round pick. And he was, okay. a, he was a top ten pick. This is terrible radio. I got nothing. <laughs> this is yeah. terrible Blue radio. Baker's all I got. Uh, defensive edge Zaven Collins is, is probably oh, one of their bigger yeah. names, okay. but I, I get not getting that one. Um, and you know this name. You just had no idea that he was off our practice squad and on their roster. Quantrez Knight. 
Oh, go Bruins, baby. Dude, I, I don't even recognize a single name on, on this starting defensive lineup. I think strong safety, Jalen Thompson, I do. But otherwise, I don't. And I'm not trying to disrespect them as much as I feel like I am. But I just, I can't believe how many names I don't know. I'm used to knowing Why don't a something, few more why names. Want to know something crazy? I just... I just Googled Quantrez Knight. Yeah. Quantrez Knight, this is his second year in the NFL. What? How old do you think he is? I swear he's been on our practice squad for a number of years. If it's his second year in the NFL, I'm going to guess he's 24 years old. 23? 26. You know, that's kind of shocking. 26. (laughs) This dude started college the same year I did, 2016. And we're on our, like, fifth year. Okay, maybe he was. he He left UCLA in 2021. Went undrafted in the 2022 draft. Yeah, this is his second season in the NFL. That's crazy. Well, if, But he transferred so much. If us not being able to tell you much about the team, I do think the, the Cardinals actually have a somewhat strong O-line. Yeah, DJ Humphreys, a left tackle. Um, is he a rookie or is he a sophomore? Paris Johnson, I think he's a rookie. Right tackle? I think he's a rookie, yeah. And then, they uh, took him to keep Kyler around. Yeah, Will Hernandez, right guard. Um, I don't know their left guard and center, but... You know, a, a number of guys, but I guess we can just wrap this. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm not trying to bash on the Cardinals. The point is that, that the Cardinals don't have that many players to write home about, but Kyler Murray has consistently made the 49ers pay for underestimating him in his Cardinals career. So, so I'm worried. Take, take that honest. into account. I might, be, I might be more worried about this than I was the Eagles game a couple weeks ago because at least that was exciting. Well, that seems there's just silly. no, There's no positive outcome here. We either do what everyone expected us to do or we suffer a horrific loss and lose the one seed. So, yeah, I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear the stress coming in. Um, I feel much more confident about it where I would love to see some of these veterans, some of our, our starters, sit out, get healthy, and I would love to see our, see our B team, of course, or even just – we don't really have much of a B team. It's it's an all all team stitched effort here. We can team one B. Yeah, team one B. We contained Jalen Hurts big time. Sure, he got a rushing touchdown, but they did not do much else, and we ran all over them. I would not predict that this Cardinals defense is very good. They are. This team is coming off of a bye. They had their last uh, NFL had their last bye week last week with the Cardinals being one of them. So they're maybe a little more fresh than we are, but I I don't see. That changing the outcome, I think that is something to uh, that might add to your stress and something that might be for us to watch for. But I think they're going to be able to contain Kyler Murray if he gets a rushing rushing touchdown. Big whoop! Um, I I still predict this being a big a big win for the Niners. Do you want to finish up with some bold predictions, Timothy Gibson? Yeah. Bold predictions. I'm gonna go with, you know what? Let's give Chase Young his arrival. I'm gonna say let's get let's get a Chase Young sack in there. I know he's had one, but he hasn't had one for a little bit. So let's go with that. Chase Young sack. I'm gonna go with uh, win by over two touchdowns. And I think. Uh, I think Kyler Murray's going to throw some interceptions, and I think the Niners are going to get two interceptions. Ooh. So they're going to win. Who's going to have them? Be bold. 
I'm sorry, you're telling me to be bold and you did a Chase Young sack and I'm doing yeah. win, you're right. win you're by right. over I, two touchdowns? At least I didn't say there's going to be a sack. Yeah, you're, I mean, against Kyler Murray, well, I guess two years ago he was like the most sacked quarterback, but he's also the shiftiest quarterback in the league. Part of me wants to say Fred Warner, but he just, he did just get one. And then I also he want to did, say Traverius Ward, but I don't know if he's fully going to play. So I think Ambry Thomas or Diamondor Lenore is for sure going to get one. I kind of want to go Jair Brown. I think, I think he's going to be out there, and um, I don't know. I just see Kyler running all day and making some. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe Hollywood's out there, <laughs> and and ends up in an interception. So that's what I'll go with. All right, let's do it. That's good stuff. All right, well, listeners, thank you as always for joining us today. Uh, go Niners this weekend. Like I said, this doesn't feel like an important one, but it is. And then, you know, rest up, get ready for the Ravens on Christmas. Stay safe out there, everybody.